Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, good morning. Good evening, wherever you are. Welcome along to the Shortball, the Rugby Pals podcast. Why are you looking at your watch? We even, we've just started. Yeah, I know. I'm just seeing what the time is. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just seeing what the time is, mate. Good morning, good night, good evening. Good afternoon to you, Mills. Good, uh, it's good morning, actually. Okay. How are you? I'm not too bad, actually. I'm feeling pretty good, Suma. How about yourself? I'm dusty. I'll be lying if I said it wasn't. Mate, you pull up pretty well. I, I'll tell you what. Yep. Far I'm, out. For I'm, someone that's been on a 24-hour bender? No, it wasn't a 24-hour bender. I mean, come on, mate. Don't, don't put that shit on me. No, just a long day at the horse races. Did you win? No. So the TAB no, one. the punt was terrible yesterday. Oh, Tell you what, uh, horse races are good for two things. Bringing out ladies in frocks <laughs> and glue. What? Glue. glue. Making, making glue out of them. <laughs> you make glue out of horses. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you make glue out of them. Oh, shut. I'll violin bows as well, out of their tails. Anyway, enough on the ponies. Uh, let's talk about the show ponies, shall we? Yeah, oh, the French. So when the, the World Cup is coming to us in 2023. How, how did that, how I don't know. How did that mate. happen, Mills? What about the recommendation? We were just talking about it before. <laughs> it's like, we think you guys should vote for South Africa. World Rugby, beat it. Yeah, later. And however, we'll give you some money to, to go out and give us a recommendation, right? So we know New Zealand voted for South Africa, which says everything you need to know about why France has got it. Mm. Like New Zealand's always on the wrong side of this stuff. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember they voted for Bill Beaumont two rounds ago. Yeah. And Bernard Lapisset got it, yeah. and then just looked at them like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. You're not getting anything out of yeah. me. That's yeah. that. You're done. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Like seriously though, South Africa will be crushed by this. They thought, yeah, we're into it. 2023 be great for South Africa to host another World Cup mm-hmm. after the success that was 1995, and uh, all of a sudden, dreams shattered. No, yeah, well, to be totally honest, when the recommendation came out, I was a little bit surprised. Mm. And so, but I also thought, well... If that, oh, you were surprised that South Africa were the preferred option? Y- yes. From World Rugby's um, point of view? You know, mm. given everything that's sort of gone on, and, and particularly after the, the Football World Cup as well, it sort mm. of went sort of downhill a little bit, some of the stadiums and things like that. So I, I honestly would, would have liked it to go to, to Ireland. But, um, you know, obviously they see the French as... The, so, the place to be. Is this about dollars? Is this about French being able to lobby um, the tier two nations, as one scribe has put, put it today, um, who don't get much 
or don't feel they get much out of world rugby. This is about France saying, vote for us, you'll get a bigger slice of the pie. This well, is all about cash, is it? Well, I don't know. I mean, how do they convince those other votes? You know, so perhaps that, that, that might, might have been a factor. Who knows, Sumo? Are you excited, though? 2023. I'll tell you what we saw. Well, let's segue away from 2023, because speaking of 2023, yesterday morning, the uh, All Blacks, I think you can call them the All Blacks, played the French 15. Mm. And the French jerseys were emblazoned with 2023. Oh, yeah. I thought it was the All Blacks who were showing more signs of 2023. That was a glimpse into the future. Nine yep. debutants yep. in an All Black side. Unheard of. No, I mean, that was... I mean. It's it's this is development tour, isn't it? And they've done it. They've done it pretty well. I mean, we sit sneaky. Back and, it is, eh? That's yeah, pretty, they, they, that's sneaky. That's man. smart, mate. That is smart. I mean, we, I mean, it would have cost New Zealand rugby you know, a bit of money. I mean, forty three players into seven and a half thousand a week. Mm. So do they, they get the do they get the full payment? You reckon? All those guys called up for the week. Well, they're in the All Black camp, aren't they? So full payment. Oh, I, I'd say that would be yeah. So, I, I think they do. So I'm they get the, the brown paper bag full of cash from uh, Mickey Steele Bodger. Oh, it's going to be t- it's tax straight into the tax. It's tax. It's tax. I don't know what, what the, well, what's the tax rate at the moment for those fellas. <laughs> I don't know, mate. Jeepers. I don't know, but uh, if they're yeah. any good, they're only paying eighteen percent. Now look, the, what about this game though? I mean, this was this was insane. I, and I, you know, we spoke about it last week. No one batted an eyelid. <laughs> they named that all-black team with nine debutants mm. for a midweek fixture. If that had happened five years ago, people would have been losing their minds. Yeah, they would have been, eh? Yeah. So what's what's happened in, in the last five years where literally no one cares about who wears the black jersey? It seems to me that no one gave a damn. It's like, yeah, whatever, throw in a team, uh, put some boys in there, they'll be good enough, let's go. Yeah, it can be seen like that, but I honestly think... Given the way we've gone over the years and developing some players, you know, if you've, we've, yeah, there's often talk about, oh, are we undermining the All Black jersey when we're putting guys out there? But when we've seen so uh, an influx of players coming in and out, and we've been successful at it, we've actually mm. beaten, um, you know, teams uh, relative with relatively ease, mm. you know, and then so all of a sudden this becomes, oh no, it's just a, another way. If we had lost. Okay, maybe a different story, but I think Perhaps, it's yeah. definitely it was a smart move by by the coaches with with sort of going under the radar a little bit. Yeah, too. that's the thing about it. It's totally under the radar. You remember before the Northern Tour, and there was all the talk about Asafo Almoa possibly being an apprentice on the tour. Yeah. Steve Hansen said we're not taking an apprentice on this tour. Yeah. Okay, all of a sudden you roll out nine of them in yeah. a team because well, you've got. So, okay, I know you've been in the Barbars Wars, but come and jump on jump on the All Black ticket here. Oh, look, it's not about the players. Good on them. Yeah. Congratulations to them. But, you know, it's almost like I'm going to say this over here and do the complete opposite <laughs> over here and, and hey, no one will, hey, no one will figure this out. It's a, it's a cunning plan. Yeah, well, it was. I mean, it wasn't until I sort of turned the game on yesterday that I was that I seen uh, Mitchell Drummond there and I was like, what? <laughs> Mitchell Drummond sitting in, the, sitting in the stands. Everyone's looking at me. It's, you know, I saw Brad Moore, a Crusaders assistant coach, uh, yesterday. I mean, at one point I think uh, he said there were seven mm. Crusaders in that back line. Yeah, yeah. Insane. Yeah, it doesn't say, and and I think I think the the the, the downside um, from this will be I think the, the Super Rugby franchise is going to be affected. So I don't, you know, I think the the beginning of the Super Rugby competition next year could possibly be a, a bit of a slow start for um, the New Zealand teams, given there's so many sort of um, players away still on active duty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. by the time they get back, um, you know, they get a couple of weeks, then they've got to start getting themselves back into decent shape. And you've often seen in the past, um, you know, if the All Blacks have gone into your tour, it takes them a long time to get into, um, well, good, decent form. And, sure. and so having 43-odd players uh, over there at the moment, it's going to hinder some of the Super uh, Rugby performances. But, hey, it's going to be great for the All Black jerseys, isn't it? 
Speaking of uh, Super Rugby, you're on the short ball, the Rugby Pass podcast, Mills, Molina and Scotty Stevenson with you. Speaking of a Super Rugby, Mills, Ronan O'Gara to the Crusaders as an assistant coach. Is he? Yeah. What the? Yeah. That's what we hear. And what, is he a truth to that? Or you? Ronan O'Gara, come on down. Oh, shucks, man. He's a good Ronan too, isn't he? He's not like the Ronan Keating. He's Ronan O'Gara. It is Ronan O'Gara, I'm assuming. Yeah. Not the... Not, not Keating. Not Ronan Keating. He's a nice guy too, actually. He loves yeah, his footy. I, I heard. I heard he's like he came to here a couple of years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Is that true? Is it, what, where did, if you got, who's your source? I'm just. But that's well, that's the oil. That's what we're hearing. Oh, right, oh, right oh, coming oh, down. Leon McDonald is going to leave the coaching setup. Mm-hmm. He's going to head back to Blenheim. Uh, I think he's still going to have the reins of the Tasman Marco. Uh, but yeah, I hear Ronan Agara's coming to town. Wow. Um, I mean, I've heard he's done some great stuff at racing. Mm. So, no, what, why what, not? what do you make of this? Because there's going to be some people who say, hang on a second, uh, surely that's a spot where a Kiwi coach could jump into and mm. we can develop our own coaches. I mean, are you comfortable with, uh, with an international coach coming into the Super Rugby setup? Because here's my take on it. How refreshing. <laughs> yeah. The Crusaders once again leading the way, bringing in some fresh thinking, some outside thinking. That can only be good for the game, can't it? Because every coach in this country knows what the other coaches are doing. I mean, the, the game plan's... Although they differ team to team, everyone's got a similar style, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. So having that thinking in an environment, surely that's a positive. Yeah, and a different voice, different, different as you say, a different thinking on, on how they've done things over there. And, and it is, it is refreshing. I, I suppose the argument to that is we've got a lot of, of good coaches here, yeah. a lot of them, and a lot of them go overseas because there's not too many spots. And so when you bring in an international, uh, someone from overseas into an environment, um, perhaps there's an argument there to say, well, you know, here's all these good coaches that we're actually trying to develop, but you're bringing someone else into it. But mm. in terms of the Crusader setup, well, again, they're thinking outside the box, aren't they? They're just going out there and and creating new things. So, I, look, I, I, I welcome it. If, if, if it's the case, I think it would be a, a breath of fresh air. Okay. Can you see uh, any time in the foreseeable future a head coaching super rugby job going to a non-New Zealand coach? No. You can't? No. Why not? Mate, we've got too many good coaches here, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know we have, but is, if you're going to have an assistant from offshore, is there a pathway now? Is New Zealand rugby going to say, hey, you know, we just we want the best coaches coaching our franchises, or are the franchises themselves going to say, uh, you know? Well, I don't think so. I, I think we've got too many too many good coaches. Well, we should be very careful there. You might do some overseas <laughs> listeners here, eh? But uh, no, I, I can't see that. I, you know, there's, there's so many good you know Kiwi coaches here that are looking to improve and that's that's the stepping stone they want to get to Super Rugby then you know obviously if they have ambitions to go on to be the all black coaches then then why not but um and we don't know the role I think uh I think you know Ronan's role could be just a a skills coach uh, or whatever Mm. um but personally I I can't I can't see it It would be a massive contradiction in terms of the way they actually they they say to the players well you you can't have the all black jersey if you go overseas and I think it's sort of in the same sort of boat in some ways. Understood, understood. Uh, let's get on to uh, the test matches coming up over the weekend. Australia taking on England. I think this is the game of the round. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Scotland against the All Blacks. And, and with all due respect, um, Scotland have zero chance of winning this game. None. I, I think. Oh. I mean, they, they just put away Samoa. Samoa were dusted by 70 points by the All Blacks back in June. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's, a lot of water's gone under the bridge since then. But, I mean, Really? Scotland, literally, they're going to be pulling guys off the street soon. They've got so many injuries. Yeah, I, I, I can't see them doing this. But we'll get to that in a second. Australia, England. Yeah, mate. 
That's where I want to. This is going to be the game of the round, surely. Yeah, England under a bit of heat. Eddie Jones losing his marbles last week. Uh, what did he say? What? what? Such a good clip. Eddie Jones. Like, people are losing their minds over Eddie Jones losing his temper. I mean, this is how much Eddie Jones is just Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Rugby's no longer rugby in England. It's Eddie Jones. He's everywhere. So he loses his marbles. What was quite funny is Brett Gosper, the head of world rugby, just sitting behind him and not even noticing as he's uh, as he's cussing away. Apparently, got in trouble with his mum for swearing on television. Oh, Eddie did. Yeah, Eddie nice. did. Shucks. But um, I think there were. Um, this was an interview. No, this was during the game. Oh, like yeah, on the coach the camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that could, that's entertainment in itself. You, you got a, a camera and checkers. Uh, box, oh, and then totally. uh, and an old, an old uh, Eddie Jones as well, mate. That's, yeah. Uh, hey. Just two Australians losing their minds would be great. I would watch that instead of the game. Yeah. Checker and Jones camps it has merit, mate. Who wins? I, I think the English can't be as bad as they were against Argentina, but Australia, I think there's something going on there. There's something cooking. Everyone's raving about Curtly Beal. Um, <laughs> budgies. Yeah, and his budgies wow, with yeah, the prints. That is awesome. Come on, mate. He's a royal. He's seen worse with his own cousins. Now, um, <laughs> le- <laughs> sorry about that uh, to the royal family. You know, should be nicer to Germans. Now, hey, who wins this? Has Australia really turned a corner, or is, is England going to suddenly... Come to life at Twickenham and, and put 50 points on them. No, I, you are right. I, I sense there is something happening in the Australian well, after that game in Brisbane. You know, they've come about and they actually, usually they start pretty slow. I mean, they had a game in, in Japan, so it sort of warmed them up into the tour. And now, last week, you know, some of the stuff that they, they showed, mm-hmm. you know, down to mm-hmm. 14 men with mm-hmm. the, you know, a bit of grit against uh, the Walsh. Usually, an Australian team in the past would fold and be game over, but. I've seen some good stuff, and what's impressed me is their leaders are actually standing up, you know? Yeah. We just spoke about Curtly Beale, um, you know, uh, Hooper, who's who's the captain. I think, um, you know, Guinea has played a massive part, and so I I tend to, to lean the Australians' way, you know, for this, this week's result. I, I think it would be an amazing result for Australian rugby. I think we'd do a, an awful lot for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, look, Checker would love to get one over Eddie Jones. Yeah. For starters, so there's that personal rivalry going on. But but I think if, if England go out there and have their way with Australia, they they've got to go back to they go back to page one, don't they? Again, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it'll be a massive dent in in, in their confidence after mm. that. And you've got to think, well, and the only way I can see something like that happen if is if the English come out and just hammer them up front. And they've got they've got the, you know it's it's possible that they can do that. You can just win the physical battle up front. Yeah. You know, the um scrums and things like that and, and, and set piece. And so that'll be a massive dent in the confidence of the Australians. I don't think it'll go back to square one. I think there is some nice stuff coming out of the Australian camp. Yeah. Um but it would be a step backwards. What about France against South Africa? Gee, what about South Africa last weekend? Mate, oh my God. What I mean, how do you go from no, just that, just ooh. I mean, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, you know, right. that game after after the um, Cape Town test, and they needed to jump again. But yeah. to go to Ireland and oh, they had their pants. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold down. Oh, I mean, that, that last try uh, when they when the Irish, you know, drove them. And mm, mm. I mean... So, and here's the thing about the Yuppies. Everyone says, oh, they'll bounce back. You know, it's very rare that they're going to put back-to-back crap performances like that together um, although we have seen it but I mean the French we don't know what's going on there Antoine Dupont was great for the French last week so he'll start I think he was the bright spot in an otherwise pretty dull French performance but I I think South Africa should roll the French shouldn't they and and in fact probably need to for Alistair Kutsia's sake well that's the thing I think they need to roll them they actually absolutely need to roll the French I don't know it's just hard to know, you know. I mean, they're, they're just as unpredictable as each other. Both mm. of these teams, you don't know what you're going to get, and so. Um, but for South Africa's sake and uh, analysis, I think they need to roll this team just to get themselves back on on track and actually sort of, you know, a little bit of a pride from from when they played in Cape Town against the All Blacks. That's what they need to get back, don't they? Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I, oh. I totally agree with you. Why, let- does, why does this happen? Why? I mean, I, this is the thing I don't get about apart from the All Blacks. You know, when when teams. And actually, Australians at the moment don't fall into that uh, category because they're going good. Why do they then go and sort of have little wee slip ups over over the northern hemisphere? Mm. Uh, you know, at the, just after they played, you know, some fantastic football in the championship. You know, it's almost like, well, here we go, here we go. Got a bit of a semi, then later back to square one. I, I don't understand that. The mindset obviously is just. Yeah, it's no, it, no, I agree. I'm sort of sitting here looking at you, thinking oh, I've got no solutions here. I can't understand it myself. Well, well, I was why, excited. I was excited. I know. I like, and and oh. so why why do some teams, uh, you know, like the All Blacks, have sustained success, and other teams that have an embarrassment of riches, really, in yeah. terms of playing stocks and numbers, why do they fluctuate so wildly in terms of their performances? Yeah. That I can't understand. Why? Well, you look at the weekend. This tour to me about two or three weeks ago, I was like. <laughs> What tour? You know, mm. they're playing a French barbarians, a French who are unpredictable, uh-huh. uh-huh. and a barbarians side. But all of a sudden, you're seeing all these new nine t- debutants, and you're thinking, "Wow, this mm. is this the- is what it's about." And here they are; okay. they're already thinking, you know. So this weekend against Scotland, the teams uh, won't be out nothing until Friday. But uh, look, I suspect this: they will play the exact same test team, mm. uh, barring uh, obviously Dane Coles. Dane Coles. He's gone, so Cody Taylor will start at hooker. Uh, and Kieran Reid, they're sweating on his fitness. Mm. Um, I, I think Liam Squire's got to jump in there, doesn't he? Liam Squire was massive against the Barbers. Yeah, he was. I mean, do you, do you put him at eight or do you leave him at six? And, chuck and him at eight. I, I don't mind putting him at eight. I mean, unless Seelbergs, I mean, take another departure from the norm and, and chuck a guy like Luke Whitelock in there backing up off, mm. uh, after their performance against the Barbarians. I, I think that's probably too too much and too short a space of time. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you've got to get Squire into the game. Yeah, I think so. I, I I tend to agree with you. Whether you play six or eight, it's just the makeup of, you know, who the rest of the team, right? Yeah, I mean, do you put a Matt Todd, um, you know, at seven, put and Kane at the back? You know, yeah, well, that's maybe. I mean, I I'd love Kane's a seven, right? He's not an yeah, eight. I think we can. I think we can safely say that. And that's a weird thing about it, with Jerome Cano not on tour. I mean, who is our genuine number eight backup? 
and the All Blacks. Gee, that's a good question, actually. No. I mean, Kieran Reid has that position on lockdown, but I mean, if you look through that loose forward mix, Via Fafita's not an eight. Liam Squire's probably more preferred at six. Even Jerome Kono prefers six. Kane's an out and out seven. Todd's an out and out seven. Savier's an out and out seven. Maybe they see him as a number eight, eight option. Hmm. Uh, he could be quite dynamic off the back of the scrum, but Kieran Reid has, and then there's no one. To yeah. me, it's a it's a weird set of circumstances for the All Blacks when we talk about their depth. But really, in the one position where uh, you know you need some cover for your skip, you there don't have it. It's, it's, it's weird you bring that up because I mean, apart from Whitelock, who skip it in the weekend. I mean, mm. but he's he's relatively pretty inexperienced, isn't he? So. But there is any any out and out sort of eight that would sort of fill in if if Rito was gone. No, I don't. Well, I don't think there is. I mean, I'm trying. I'm scratching my head trying to think. They must have guys training in that role. So, mm. but I, who have they identified as his natural backup? I I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. I mean, we, we tend to, to we tend to look through the squad, right? And we know well he's backing up for him. He knows mm. that he's number starter. He's he's on mm. the bench. But yeah, number number eight surprises me. But I, I mean, I like the fact they're going to start the same team. Yeah, yeah. Well, then they they need to just to keep keep the momentum going a little bit. You know, combination combination is massive. You know, mm. you, you know people often think, well, puts, get, give someone else. If you take one person out, it makes a massive difference because then all of a sudden, you know, their role, guys either side of them, just changes as well. You know, the, the way they play, etc., uh, etc. Et so I think that they need to roll out the same team. Obviously, with, with um, Coles out, um, I'd be interested to see whether, you know, Nathan Harris... Which I'd, I'd suspect would come off the bench. Or I do think, they? Yeah. No, I think Harris will go on the bench. Cody Taylor will start the game. You know, they, they love a Safawal Moor, but yeah. I mean, the kid's what, 21 years old? Yeah, I'd, yeah. You know, I think Jamie Wool's in the studio with us at 21. 20. I mean, that, that, that kid will. He'll have Wait, his day. He's an all black at 20. He'll have his day. Oh. Hey, speaking of all blacks at young ages, what about Jack Goodyear? Oh, yeah, mate. I have blown a lot of smoke up his ass <laughs> this year, but um, I was talking to someone the other day. Like, has, he, has he got 100 test all black written all over him? Yeah, I reckon. He's oh, unreal, mate. that kid. He is, man. He's, I mean... I know people will love him because he's the white guy <laughs> in the midfield, so obviously he has the brains and intellect, you know, because that's how you sum up a back line, don't you? When there's, a white, when there's, when there's a white guy in there, he's <laughs> like, he must be the brainy one. That's the only thing, honestly. I was in a cab ride in Christchurch today. <laughs> What cab drivers, man? Straight up racists. It's unreal. Some of the chat coming out of this dude, especially on Sunny Bill. Sunny Bill, they hate Sunny Bill down there, eh? Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Gee, I don't know what's wrong with Cantabrians. They weird. Well, not all of them. Just this cab driver. He's, he's <laughs> off his charts. Here's a question for you on Sunny Bill. Right, everyone talked about him batting the ball over the dead ball line. Right, fair, fair cop. I mean, yeah. What did Fee Farmusili call it the other day? A, a mind fart. That's what she's saying. A mind fight. But here's the thing. Why was he defending there in the first place? No one's asked this question. Why is your number 12 defending in the end goal on the wing? No, that's... Where you at, Waisaki Naholo? Yeah. Where did he go? Where, Where was, was he? he? Where was he? Did he disappear through some wormhole? Well, yeah. I'm going to go home and look at that. So this is my problem. You know, everyone's bagging on Sonny Bill. Up to that point, he'd had a blinder, by oh, the way. Mate, and, yeah. then, and then he does that. But no one's, I'm, looking, I'm thinking to myself, why is your second five back there defending on that play? <laughs> it was weird. And like Mackenzie's like running from about 40 metres over there and Naholo's nowhere. Had he gone to get a hot dog or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's up. He might have decided to have some cover, bro. Hey? I don't know what's up. <laughs> I, mate, I love that. But I, I just, Sonny, mate, I, I can't. Why? Why do people why, hate this why dude? Why do they hate him? What's what? I don't. I, it's it. It will be a mystery that will go to the grave with me. I cannot understand why this guy evokes such emotions and such a range of emotions from people. It's bizarre. Yeah, different ones. Though, yeah. What is up? 
Yeah, that's weird, eh? It's ab- oh, I don't know. Even Jose, our producer, is just sitting there looking at me sagely saying he doesn't get it either. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Jose loves him. Yeah. Jose loves him. I don't know. Hey, um, prediction for the weekend, Millsy. All Blacks by. Is this sounding arrogant? Are we sounding arrogant here? No, I, I, am I, am I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant. It's not my team. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, facts are facts, right? I do recall the All Blacks a few years ago going there and struggling. Uh, and they won. I don't think the Scottish are going to win. I remember that was, what, 2010? No, 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 no. Not 2010. It was 2014. 2014. What was yeah. the score that day? I don't know. Just, oh, no, enough. Uh, enough. Yeah, that was one of those games. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. No, I think I think, I think Scotland are in for a hiding. It's oh, depressing. Are we arrogant to say that? Oh, well, I mean, it's not my team. I'm just saying. But, you know, based on it's facts. just an opinion. History. Just an opinion. Um, right. You know, a lifetime of never beating the All Blacks. And they've got injuries. They've got lots of injuries. Gregor Townsend's been uh, shouted out uh, as the saviour of Scottish rugby. He's a new attacking flair that he's found. They put 44 points on Samoa. Yeah. I mean, you know, they played some good coat. Yeah. Don't yeah, get they, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely do. And they and to beat Samoa like that, mind you, I don't know what, what's going on in Samoa. What is going on in Samoa? I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. You know, there's lots of talk about going on about, um, you know, the rugby league and how, you know, we should have a Pacific Island team and things like that. Why do they actually wait until some one team's actually successful before they go, oh, let's try and do something. Let's try. Why not put something... Down now, we know the infrastructures of the island nations are not that great. So put something in now and start rolling towards it. Don't wait until everyone's jumping on I, the bandwagon. I understand, mate. I understand. So, so we're in a, a situation here where you do you think Matt Giddo, I think, who tweeted out last week that maybe rugby could follow this, the lead of league and and World Cup year, you can if you're not selected for a tier one nation, go tier two. I, I mean, I, I don't buy that myself. No, I, but I, what you know, there's been investment in the past. Obviously, there's two trains of thought here with Pacific Islands rugby. One is that, uh, you know, there's nothing, there's too many vested interests for the tier ones yeah. to ever a- allow Pacific Islands rugby to grow into what it could possibly become. There's another school of thought that says every piece of investment ever made in Pacific Islands rugby has somehow vanished into thin air and there's not much to show for it in terms of results. Uh, there's the Aliota Fuimono Sapolu school of thought, which is basically, you know, this is a colonial hegemony that is holding these people down. Um, and that's fair enough too. I think he's got a valid point. And um, but I, I don't know the fix. And and I see these teams touring. You know, Tonga get over to Ireland. They had no balls in their first no. training session. I mean, who goes to a training session with no balls? No. I mean, is that a, is that money or is that just someone who's really terrible at their logistical job? I mean, you're a rugby team exactly. and you don't have balls. I mean, someone's job is to organise having balls at training, right? That, that's that's not about colonial um, I, colonial I, hegemony. I that, that's just a dude who didn't get the ball back. Exactly. And it's, it's or being pro- a ball back. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably 20 management over there. Like, all it would have taken is one guy. That's it. That's it. You know, but this is the thing, you know, you, you hear about these things on tour and you think to yourself, I mean, just, there's, you know, there, there's an element here where you just you shake your head. You yeah. think you're, you, you're still a professional international rugby team. You're turning up to training so you, in Ireland with no balls. Are you saying a lot of that there? Why would you waste your time? No, I don't. Because, I, I mean, I believe in the growth. In fact, I was talking on radio the other day about the NRC. You know, here's the National Rugby Championship in Australia taking a leadership position and saying to the Fiji and Drua, come and play in our competition. I would love them to expand that. Yeah. Have a Samoan side in the competition. Have a Tongan side in the competition. I mean, you, you realise how ironic this all sounds, that Australia is taking the leadership position on mm. Pacific Islands rugby here. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I understand that New Zealand's a bit of a closed shot. We've got 26 provinces already. We've got a, a pretty congested calendar. But the NRC has the potential to be 
a massive competition. Yeah, absolutely. If they keep investing in it, and yeah, yeah you know, and I, I will gonna, I'm going to watch the NRC with interest. If Australian rugby can somehow get it together and make this work, I think the NRC one day will grow to be something truly special. Mm. And that, to me, is the entry point for Samoan rugby, for Fiji and rugby, for Tongan rugby to have yeah. a bona fide, genuine competition to be a part of, of on an annual basis. Yeah. Then you might see private investment coming into rugby in the islands. Then you might see sponsors start to come into rugby in the islands. And then, surely, the game starts to grow. But someone's got to take a leadership position here. Well, it sounds as if the Australians have. And, that, and that's what you want. And that's what the islands need. They ne- and they need someone to oversee what's going on there. And if they're doing it within their own competition, mm. that's going to be massive. But at the same time, they're going to be looking at players as well, aren't they? So, I mean... Yeah, it's amazing that Australians have taken the the, the, the step forward to do that well, leadership role. But but you know, but I hope the NRC doesn't become a supermarket where then clubs can just go and see rugby clubs go. Thanks, 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 and Australian rugby goes. Thanks, we'll take you. You know, it's still yeah. I, that's where I think you've got to have a distinction. Play in that competition, make it competitive, but then You're make sure that you have the infrastructure at home to, to go back, so those players can go back and and actually um, and play for their nation, which I think is the way it should be. Yeah, and, and the other thing is going to make the NRC. Stronger as well. I think you so. Know, because if they're struggling for teams as well and they're bringing more competitiveness into it, yeah. it's going to make their rugby better and make the whole sort of competition look a little bit more attractive, I reckon. Leave it at that, Millsy. Gee, you've made some valid points today. Do I? Yeah, you have. It's because I've got no more exams. Mate, you've carried <sighs> me too. I've just, you must have, you've carried me today. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, really mate. really under the weather. Oh, you go home and get some sleep, mate. Get yourself ready for tonight because you, know, you have to be on camera later. Oh, that's terrible. Stevie, ba- Stevie Bates is after your position, mate. So you better. Stevie get- Bates, yeah. Is he still trying to get my job, mate? He's he's in the bloody. Um- he's, mate, I don't trust him, mate. Well, you can't have trusted him as a captain. Oh, Stevie, yeah, Master Bates. He would have been a terrible. Oh, he no, been he's a terrible right. captain. Right. Was he a captain? Oh, he was too for Waikato. Wow, we just goes to show how quickly we forget. <laughs> he's been Mills Molina. I've been Scotty Stevenson. This has been the Short Ball, the Rugby Pass podcast. Stuff you can catch all the autumn internationals on rugbypass.com, wherever you are throughout Asia. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 